begins with this gate drop. Your home for everything motocross, supercross, and dirt bike related. I am Steve, joined as always by Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Just trying to uh, stay sane, Steve. Uh, it's getting a little bit more difficult by the day. Wherever you happen to be listening to this, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time we upload a new show. Also, visit our website, www.powerthenumber2theground.com to check out for giveaways, merch, exclusive web content, and join Jug Club, which is still now free to join and uh, a lot of benefits from Jug Club. We will absolutely go over them before the end of the episode. Um, be a good friend. Share this content with your friends so they can stay sane during these trying times as we are all trying to keep ourselves <laughs> mentally occupied. And uh, for us fans of this sport, try to find some way to consume the sport during all of this. Um, so how's it going jesse it's been two weeks a little bit weird with two yeah. weeks right it's a lot less of a uh a groove you know what i mean less of a routine that we're in now we gotta kind of like reset ourselves yeah i think we got some stuff to talk about today though which is probably not what would have happened had we done this last week which is a good thing yeah. uh on a uh, relevant note just on the website just keep checking up on the website we are doing we're doing and trying some new things um so just keep an eye on that because uh about to get real yeah, I mean, definitely get the feedback, too. One of the reasons this is a perfect opportunity for us to make changes and to try new things and, um, you know, get feedback from the people who have nothing better than to do but to tell us why we're wrong. So Yeah, <laughs> love it. Great chance, yes. Yes, uh, personal growth. It, exactly. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's, the amount of people I know that, myself included, that have, you know, tried to look at this as positively as possible and say this is this is really is an incredible opportunity for personal growth. Um, just through with all the time you have on yourselves, you really have no choice but to really kind of do some reflecting whether you want to or not <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully improve from that on yourself from that reflecting. Yep. It's, so, but anyway, dirt bike stuff. Dirt bikes. We got some news. So Feld Entertainment came out uh, with another kind of statement there. Um, it, let's be honest. The actual news is still that there's really no news. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, everything is just a waiting game. We don't know, but some interesting little tidbits in that statement. Yeah. We, uh, at the very least, we're getting insight into where their heads are at as far as where this is going to go. And there's some pretty interesting stuff that they were throwing out there. One is that, um, rounds 11 through 17, one way or another are going to happen. That's excellent news because we have way too interesting of a season in, in, in a championship race going on right now to cut it any shorter than you absolutely have to. Uh, we, we want all 17 rounds of this. This has been such a great season so far. Agreed. And I think uh, even Eli Tomac, who has the red number plate right now, would agree with that. I think he would be disappointed if he just had the trophy mailed to him by default. Well, and, and listen, uh, the biggest thing for Eli is his legacy at this point. Yeah. That's, that's what he's racing for. Winning a championship is the most important thing he can do for his legacy. Winning a championship where you just get the asterisk of, by the way, you won it by default because you happen to be the, in the points lead when the season got suspended halfway through is not helping his legacy. If anything, it's like, oh, look, you needed help to win it. You know, right. It's, so I think he knows that, and I, I would agree. I would think he'd say, no, we got to finish this thing out. As much as that puts the pressure on him, um, and obviously, Roxanne and Webb are like, no, we need to finish this thing out right. because both of them feel like they have a chance to win it. Right. Especially Roxanne. And you know what? 
the I think the biggest the the rider with the biggest advantage in this break is Roxon. Is if there's one thing that Rox Roxon is a tenacious dude. And he, I guarantee you, rocks. Uh, I'm, I don't doubt that Tomac is out there riding every day and, you know, putting in his. But Roxon just seems like he has this, like, this thing in his brain that's just a little bit tapped. Just like, you know, he seems like he's even keeled, but he's just a little bit tapped. I think I would actually say something similar to, and, uh, I honestly think the person who benefits from this break the most is Webb. Okay. Um, and it's mainly because Webb started making his run and then he got hurt and he got sick and it just it was just this rough and then he looked really, really good at Daytona um for a for a decent chunk of that. Um I think time for him to heal and get his head back right and he's the kind of person that when you push him, like you say they said they look, are you gonna you gonna show up this season? Like his his bosses are like, You gonna show up and do this or not? Right. And that kinda lit a fire and he kinda went on this tear. Um, he's the kind of person that, that can use that motivation. So, um, time is he to too far out of it though? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, maybe there's still, there's still enough races left to where I think he, if he goes on like a four race winning tear, uh, he crawls back into it and makes it a three person race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, but that's, it totally has possible. to be like several wins in a row for him right. to do that like if he if he finishes if he does like a second and a third a couple weeks in a row and rocks and bat and rocks and tomac battle back and yeah, forth one for and second two, and third then absolutely he's he's out of it but um no 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 i mean if he if he strings off like four four races in a row and tomac you know takes a three two two three and rocks goes Two, three, three, two. Right. Yeah. All that's of a sudden, it's three person suddenly, race. Suddenly, now yeah. you have a three person race, and Webb absolutely has the ability to do stuff like that. Um, and he, again, he was getting hot. I think he had a fire lit until he got hurt. So I, the chance for him to heal up is going to be huge for him. So I think he benefits the most from this break. I think Tomac suffers the most from the break. He I is agree. such a groove rider. I think we are both in agreement that I think that uh, we are in agreement that Tomac is definitely in a worst case scenario right now right yeah a hundred percent he is such a groove rider yeah he is such a confidence rider and to have that just he was on a roll daytona was huge for him huge he kept the number plate he won where he knows he can win he was on a roll and i just i said it actually after daytona he could start running away with this thing like right. he really could he had that feel that he could start really just gapping everybody and then pause the, the rona said no sir no put no the, no siree mr tomac so what are some of the ways that they've talked about uh potentially doing that so so one of is the midweek races right yep uh i like that more racing packed into a smaller period of time is totally okay with me yeah uh, you know it'd give us more to talk about each we have two races to talk about. we'd probably have to do two podcasts a week at this point one for each race right which yeah. if they did They've, like a Saturday race it. and a Wednesday race yeah. or something, and then a Saturday and Wednesday, I mean, yeah, we just do Sundays and record on Sundays and Thursdays, right? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> got to do it, got to do gotta it, got to do, got to do it. You know, we got to talk about these races. Yeah. Um, either way, you know, that's more, that's more for us to consume in a shorter period. That's you know, just more racing is not a bad thing. So. Right. Yeah, and, and they're they're talking about throwing that into the fall, which is normally your your downtime in between outdoors and indoors. And I really, really like that idea. I know, you know, every sport's got its off season, but 
if we can shorten that off season shorten this it. year a little bit, <laughs> yeah. I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah, this is your off season, guys. Um, it's easy for me to say. I'm not yeah, right. Writing. We're not the ones out there. <laughs> they don't need a break. They're fine. <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup. You'll yeah. be okay. Um, the other one was uh, the possibility of um using indoor and outdoor venues i love this one yeah i me love too. this one so much so one they are they have you know daytona is an outdoor venue right, right. technically they, they pack that that into but I, I that doesn't seem to me that that's what they're talking about it's... see i do i think they're finding they to me what that says is finding an outdoor place to put an indoor style supercross track you don't think they're talking about using outdoor tracks Maybe if as, they're in a, heavily as in a motocross track, uh, I think they'd be heavily modified. Okay, I think they are um, pretty adamant about keeping those two things distinct, which is something you know. Maybe that is a step in the direction of kind of combining the two, right? Um, which I would think would be incredible. There are ways to do it. Um, this could be a step in that direction, right? You start doing some outdoor venues. Maybe you go to like Unadilla. And you modify the track just enough to give it a super cross feel, but it's still kind of an outdoor track set up and you start maybe merging the two. Right. And now, so for rounds 11 through 17, half of those tracks are in outdoor style tracks with some super cross elements. I, I would watch that. I'd be so excited about that. Yeah. But you're right. And maybe it's a way to start merging it. But I do think that they are and have been historically adamant about keeping, keeping those two sports distinct. Separate, right. Um, which could be a mistake. So uh, something we started talking about before we started recording, and you were like, "Hold on, we gotta hit record." Um, I think a great way to do it would to be following a uh, an actually an esports model in this case. So League of Legends, uh, and it's it's been a while since I've watched it as a sport, but at one point the way it was kind of set up was uh, you have a spring split, a summer split, and then like a full on championship at the end of the year. Each split is a season in and of itself it is self-contained right you have a i think nine week season each team plays twice so there's 18 games in the spring split the top 16s make playoffs you have your tournament style playoffs you crown a spring split champion right it is a season with playoffs and a champion then the summer split happens and you start that nothing from the spring spring split carries over for the summer split itself um Go through the whole season again, 18 games, playoffs, crown a summer split champion. However, your performance in both of those splits determine placings and playoffs for the championship rounds at the end of the year. Gotcha. So you do end up taking the results of both of those seasons into account when you are looking at the championship tournament. Um, I love this idea of keeping the two sports separate. You have your supercross and your motocross outdoors. They are separate seasons with separate champions as they are now. Hopefully in this scenario promoted by the same company finally so that they get the same level of marketing. But then you can have this like, call it a four to six round like race off at the end where you have these hybrid style tracks or maybe go back and forth or whatever where you take, let's say the top five finishers from indoor and the top five finishers from outdoor if they're not all exactly the same or, you know combine the points somehow and take your top six and then put them in this like four four to six round race off playoff at the end of the season um with these hybrid style or back and forth tracks 
I, I don't know. To me, that sounds super. Because you still get your Supercross season right. with Supercross. You still get your outdoor season with your outdoor champion. And then you get a little bit of extra racing where you crown the yearly, like, overall dirt bike awesomeness champion of all riding. Yeah. I, at a, a deeper level, how cool would it be if each country had their own version of that? And the, that's the way that we determined Motocross of Nations entrances. I would love that. I, and oh, we I got would a, love that. And then we got a world champion. Yeah, I think that'd be incredible. Uh, same idea, except now you're including other nations, right? right. I just For me, it's just the idea of for the year 2020 or 2021, whatever it is, who was the most dominant rider year round? Right. And, right? and when we look back at legacy, that's how we do it anyways. Right. We've talked about, uh, you know, Dungy's uh, uh, legacy and Villa Poto and how many they won. It's like, oh, yeah, but what about outdoor? Or, you know, Ricky was the best ever. Because he won the most in both. Right. Right. We as fans already do that, right? McGrath isn't considered number one, even though he was dominant in Supercross, he didn't do that in outdoors. So we don't consider him as good as guys like Bubba and, and Ricky. Right. Crowning a single singular champion. So my, my thought is we do this already kind of as fans. As an organization, they need to have a combined championship somehow. And I think that would just following that esports, like the split standalone, but then at the end of the year, your performance in both combines into this like one quick little tournament series or whatever is a great way to start. Where right. you combine those two and you perform so well in both that you get the opportunity to compete for the year like 100% you are actually the champion whatever and if you do include nations world champion right i think that'd be incredible maybe this is maybe starting to use outdoor venues for supercross as a step towards something like that yeah yeah however they do it i mean i love we love this sport we love let's just keep repeating that to ourselves we love this sport we We love love this sport we love love this sport sport. (laughs) but you know what it's really really easy to look at all of these things at an organizational level and just say it. I, I know I use this I go back to the NFL constantly how often do you find yourself sitting there contemplating how the NFL does things you don't when, when there's a sexual assault that basically yeah that's, that's, the right, <laughs> that's it like when, when somebody steps so far out of the line in the NFL is like it's a little slap on the wrist and right then, but yeah. organizationally the NFL is solid they they do things they do things very very well and you don't have fans sitting there for the most part you don't have fans sitting there questioning what the NFL does at an organizational level and saying oh this isn't good for the sport this is bad for the sport marketing and media are huge in that yeah right there's a cohesion to it. The NFL is technically made up of two leagues. Yeah. The American League and the National League. Right. Um, yeah. The American Conference, I'm thinking baseball. Yeah. It's, baseball is actually the same way, right? And actually in baseball, it's even more distinct because one league has a designated hitter. One league does not. Right. And that happens depending on what park you're playing in. And actually baseball is a good example of the same thing. You have two distinct leagues. Um, there's some cross play into it, but you don't feel like they're two different sports. Even though in baseball, the rules are literally different depending on what you league you play in. You have a designated hitter. You're not allowed that designated hitter in the National League. You do something called a double switch instead uh, to try to finagle with the lineups. Um, but you don't look at baseball as two separate, almost two separate sports. 
it's still a cohesive one sport that happens to have two leagues that play each other for the championship at the end of the year. Right. That is a model you need to start going after. We're... We already look at supercross and motocross as two distinct sports, and they are in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. That the track styles, your riding style, um, the setup, the, the points, everything is just so different. If you can find a way to bring those a little bit more together to make them cohesive, to make those two seasons still distinct and separate, but the sport itself as a yearly cohesive whole for the championship, you're only going to have that same effect that these other leagues have by combining their leagues. So do you make it so that the riders can only be in one or the other until the the overall championship? No, because I think the idea for for me that would be a no because the idea is the the crowning the champion at the end um is the rider who performs best in all areas of the sport or okay. or both. I'm going to say all cuz enduro is not included in things like right. that. But yeah, in both because... areas of the sport. This guy performs really well indoor. This guy performs really well outdoor. But let's see how they do and tracks that are kind of combined or back and forth in this one little championship. Who can who can uh, you know overcome their weakness in the other one better for the championship? But and then you say that rider is the best overall rider for both sports. Right. So you have to set it up a little bit differently than the leagues because they are very distinct styles of riding. Yeah. Um, but I do think you can keep the season separate but cohesive because you can look at think about this halfway through the outdoor season right you're looking at it go oh here comes the supercross champion eli tomac and you know roxon is actually leading the outdoors right now with tomac just behind him and let's look at you know we're looking at our outdoor season standings but let's also look at the yearly overall standings because then you can take into account the supercross points right and say well eli finished first in supercross rocks in second if Roxon finishes first in motocross and eli finishes second in outdoors now here's where they stand going into the championship with a tie for the cha- i just you can do that and make it so much more compelling you're actually improving outdoors in that at that point too because you're looking at outdoors as another route to the full championship right Again, this is just one of those things. Like, the reason we're sitting here talking about this is because the organizations just do all of this. The, the, the AMA in general just does all of this stuff so poorly that it makes it easy for us as fans to kind of look at it um, and say, you're just doing it wrong. Right. I. Yeah. So here's here's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm in the background. I'm sure you guys can all hear me clicking away on my computer right now. Um, I am going over to the website and I am I'm jumping into Takamex over underneath the Juggies tab because I want to know what you guys have to say about this uh, because I think this is a really really interesting uh, kind of barometer for what you guys think about what steve and i think about this sport um so i'm gonna put it underneath the general uh discussion and i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna make this like super simple and i'm gonna say what did you think about what steve and i talked about combining motocross and supercross on the podcast yeah and look and let's make it clear for me when i say combining them i don't mean like making them like each other and making it one super long season. I mean, keeping them distinct parts of the yearly kind of season. Right. Um, but combining them for championship points at the end of the year. So you can win the Supercross split, but that doesn't necessarily mean you win the year. 
the yearly championship. You right. Know? So for you guys thinking like, I'm not trying to combine these two sports. I know they're distinct and I like that they're distinct because there's something to be said for for either of them. Right. Um, it's but, fun to see who puts what effort into each discipline. Right. Um, and, but that's what it is, right? What you're, what I'm trying to say is we need a way to crown the person who is better across both disciplines. Right. That's all. I'm not trying to like take away from your you know your favorite version of the sport. Right. You know? Although although combined tracks would be cool. Like, okay, real quick scenario. The, the Sipes it's, Cross idea is such a good idea. It's very similar to the Sipes Cross idea. Yes. Okay. But but imagine this scenario, right? Let's say you have a five race end of the season championship playoff or series runoff based on the performance in the other two. Imagine a track like Unadilla, right? Where half the track is just Unadilla. But at a certain point, you go off the track, and suddenly you have this like straight supercross, <laughs> um, doubles, triples, whoops kind of thing. And then you come back around into gravity cavity after the supercross section, and then you finish the track on an outdoor section. It's literally a combined track. There's so there's a ton of logistics in that. I, we're dude, we're playing some pretty hypothetical we're playing, games. Yeah, right? we're playing high, <laughs> we're playing high stakes poker right now. But come on. I, for me, that's compelling as hell because then you see the guy who was really good in Supercross would obviously have an advantage on this section of the track, and then the guy who was really good in, in outdoors has an. Uh, and it doesn't have to be Unadilla itself. I'm just using that as an example. Um, maybe you do that, you know, in another way. Um, just the idea of like you're riding straight outdoor track, and then you kind of turn off and you go onto like a straight indoor style Supercross track, and then you have to come back on, and that's like that's your lap. Ah, oh, dude, I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> I would absolutely watch the hell out of that. So I'm, I'm interested. I want to get, I want to see if we can get some people in on this conversation on the website. Um, I just made a post. It's under, under the general topics. It's called combining MX and SX. And I want to see what you guys think. If you guys have any ideas about how these things could be combined, uh, how they, uh, there could be like an overall champion crowned between the two different even if you don't have the races at the end of the year right like the playoff even if you just look at what's your performance in supercross what's your performance in outdoors and combine those to crown a champion right i'd be, I'd be more okay with that than what we have now yeah because it, it, it just seems like it, it's it's too it's too separate yeah you've got the same riders riding in both things but you know you listen to the the broadcast on either one of them and they're like they're sitting there with their fingers in their ears pretending like the other one doesn't exist it's weird <laughs> it's just weird yeah yeah I, I, they need to bring more cohesion to it so <clears throat> on that note and on the uh, improving the sport note let's go ahead and take a quick break and uh, when we come back we're gonna finally dive into talking a little bit about the video game monster energy supercross the video game three. First of all let me just get this out of the way. That is a terrible name. <laughs> so anytime you just slap the video game onto something, immediately you lose 75% of, of video game fans because that that is like a death knell for games. It's, it's like, you know, whenever they make a movie based a uh, game based off of a movie and they just call it Nightmare on Elm Street, the video game. And well, 
I know this is going to be terrible because they're always terrible. Right. Always, 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 always. So you're already losing potential fans just by calling it that. Like, right. Even, just drop the video game off of that and your name is fine. It's still a little bit of a mouthful, but like, just call it Supercross, dude. Or, you know, Pro Supercross, Monster Energy Supercross. Fine. I'm okay with that. Monster Energy Supercross 3. Fine. Drop the video game off of it. That should... That stuff pisses me off. It says Xbox or PS4 right on the box. They know it's a video game. (laughs) We know it's a video game. Oh, it's it's the best point. All right, so we finally got a chance. You actually started, you dove into this with me. You finally got a chance to start playing this. Uh, MESX, the video game three. Um, Not really impressed. I I I, 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 be, I mean I'm not a huge video game guy so I'm going to I'm going to take a back seat on this one for the most part but I will tell you that as a as a, as a kid is and also as a uh, adult I played my fair share of Madden football uh, or you know sports sports, sports games, games. In, in general um my perspective as a passive video game player uh not only was I not impressed i was flat out disappointed but i'll let you continue no here's the thing right you are exactly the type of person they need to make these video games for at the end of the day this you are the person or at least closer to who they need to target here's the problem with this game uh and and i've had some time to think about it since we played it i'm going to get into the actual like kind of reviewing the game itself in a minute but um i want to make it clear you there are going to be those of you who, who love this game. There are definitely people who have thoroughly enjoyed this game. That's okay because you are the people they made the game for. Um, they made this game for people who are already huge fans of the sport, who already have an understanding, at least in general, of riding and riding mechanics and physics. A lot of you who are big fans probably have a lot of experience on an actual bike, so you have certain expectations when it comes to the physics and how it feels. Um, you just want to get on there and race. Maybe you want to race with your friends, and that's fine. Um, so, in that, they are mildly, they are they are more moderately successful. So, they completely reworked the physics for this game, and it shows. If you have played, so I played. Um, I don't know if I played two, but I played the first one, and I played most of the MXGP games. And uh, it's clear that they completely reworked the physics in this game. And they do, if you are looking for realism, feel better uh, for the most part. Um, So turning feels a little bit better once you kind of get used to it. And that's the thing, Rick, once you get used to it, uh, it is not a game you can just pick up and play if you are not already a gamer. It's not. It's flat. Both of us. Like, we put it... Just, just to get a feel for it, you put it on the easiest setting, and I tried not to use the rewind, the little re- rewind function, and uh, was getting our asses kicked mm-hmm. because it's not a game you can just pick up. And I did start to kind of pick it up and get a feel for it, and I started to do better as the as the you know the day wore on. <clears throat> but that's my problem with it. Your way of appeasing more casual fans is just to throw a rewind button in, which feels so cheaty. Right? Like, oh, I crashed going to this corner. Let me just rewind and take that corner again. Um, yeah, it's easy to win when you can just get rid of all your mistakes. That's not how I want the game to play. But I don't want it to be so difficult that I got to spend hours practicing. Hours that I'd much rather actually be out on a bike playing. I do not think realism is the way to go with 
a game like this unless you're making it for the people they made it for. Right. And that's where the void is. They are <clears throat> trying to pacify current fans with this video game. They're, oh, you guys want a game? Here you go. People who are already rabid about the sport and ride and understand it, they just kind of, here you go, here's your game with some realistic physics. Oh, look, we, we worked the physics. By the way, they're still a little floaty in yeah. the air, um, and they still have a long way to go. But they do feel better if you're looking for realism. You are not looking for realism. You're looking for a fun experience. Right. Because you're not going to pick this thing up for four to six hours a day. You're going to pick it up occasionally on a weekend. Maybe after the races, you're still in that, oh, you can't go outside because it's, you know, the weather's not, it's not in season or whatever. So you jump on, you play the, a few rounds of the game. You don't get frustrated. You want to have fun. Right. That's not who they, you are not who they built this game for. They are not trying to grow new fans like the old Madden games or all these other sports did. So that's that's my take on the physics. Sure, you could make the case that the physics are better. Uh, I would make the case that the physics are better for the wrong people. Um, the game itself, they took shortcuts in ways they should not have taken shortcuts. So, And you, you notice this one too. The very first thing it has you do when you sign into this is create a new rider, right? I love this. Ah, we talked about it. Creating your rider puts, lets you put yourself into a professional environment and feel like it starts to build that immersion. Well, here's the problem. Creating a rider sucks. <laughs> it really does. You have no option. You have like maybe eight preset faces that all look goofy as hell. Um, no, you know, messing with your hairstyles or eye color or any of that. You can kind of customize your gear, but most of it you go to unlock as you ride, which would be okay if their career mode or their season modes were uh, in any way engaging or compelling to want to unlock that stuff, but they're not. So you're limited there. Uh, they finally incorporated uh, female rider. So you can create a female rider in this game and be a pro female. Awesome. They didn't call it makeup to mud. Also awesome. <laughs> um, so kudos. That's a step in the right direction. But the actual creating a character sucks. Yeah. They it, were so limited. It was – it wasn't even that it was limited. It was like – It was also frustrating and not intuitive. It was not intuitive but like – I wouldn't even consider it limited. <laughs> like I would, I would, in order for it to be considered limited, I would have needed at least twice as many options. <laughs> so incredibly restrictive, right? Yeah. Like you might as well just hit a random button, like create a random rider, and then just give him a random name. Right. Like, you had that basically that much control over over what your rider looks like. And look, I get it; they're wearing a helmet and gear most of the time. That's not the point, though. Like. Maybe if you actually created a, an immersive career mode where you can kind of walk around your shop without your helmet on, that would matter a little bit more. But you're not <laughs> going to do that because career mode in a second. Let's finish this up. Yeah. Because that is the part you want to talk about. So uh, incredibly limited customization, um, which was which was really frustrating. Um, <clears throat> I didn't even bother trying to multiplayer because I just don't have the wherewithal to spend so much time playing this game that I get competitively good at it that's not why i want to play this game that's not why you want to play this game we need just want to get a fix right and just kind of be immersed in these games so uh i will do a much more in-depth review of like the multiplayer and kind of how you know all that stuff plays out uh on our next episode we can dive more into that the most important part of this not only did they fail on all of the things we have talked about we wanted on the career mode they actually took things out of the career mode that were already there like they stripped it down instead of making it better there's no difference between career mode and a season 
other than you get to do more than one season at a time. That is literally the only difference. There is no more manager. Um, the social media feed thing was a stupid idea, but at least it was something. That's not even there anymore. You jump into career mode, and you just go from one race to the next. And all they do is keep track of the points. That's it. All, but they do that in the season, too. So then, like, what's the Why even bother doing a career mode? Uh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous because if there is one mode outside of multiplayer that is going to attract those new fans, uh, if your physics allowed for attracting new fans at all, uh, it's the emergent of career mode. Create a character that felt like I was putting myself into the game, not just some random shoehorned um, lack of customization character. Um, so create a character that felt like me, put him into this game. I do like that they had what was basically a Loretta Lynn. You do this like uh, uh, one race at your compound, um, and then, then that gets you your sponsors or your 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 first like you know pro team. That concept is cool. Don't they didn't expand on that at all. You do that race, you pick your team, which is basically just whatever you want instead of picking through. You know they used to have like you pick through like crappier lower tiered offers, and then as you won races, you get offers from better teams. At least there was some sense of progression there. Not in this case. I just you saw I just picked Husky, and right. that was it. I was part of the Husky Husqvarna Pro Two Hundred and Fifty team. And the only reason I went to two, I could have jumped right into the four fifties, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. That's that's not how a career works. In this, <laughs> like, do you guys even motocross, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't even pay attention to what's happening in the in the sport itself. They threw names that are recognizable on dirt bikes, and then just spent so much time on the physics that they had to strip down the important parts of their game, like their immersive career mode. It was unbelievable. I don't understand how you can make three of these games. Six, if you include the outdoor games, and have the career mode get worse in each one. Right. That that boggles my mind. You spend so much time making this thing feel real. Realism does not make for a fun game. The illusion of realism may make for a fun game. Accessibility, engagement all make for fun games. And this is from somebody who spent a lot of time looking into game development. So, I, I mean, it's not like I'm just... You know, one salty fan who didn't oh get good, bro. Like, no, it's not. That's not what it's about. Right. Um. It, yes, sure. I could get way better at this game if I wanted to practice. So that doesn't mean the act of getting better in this game is actually not fun. Yeah. I I, I remember actually st- remember specifically saying that to you while I was racing. You're I'm like, like I, I'm I'm, you're I'm not like, having oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're, oh, you're starting to figure it out. Oh, you hit that triple good. Oh, you hit that turn good. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm figuring it out. And I just kind of, this isn't fun. I'm not having fun right now. This is I'm frustrated. And even though yes, I hit that triple, it kind of felt good, but because I hit that triple, I went flying off the berm in the next turn. Right. And so it, <sighs> look, and and every video game, especially sports games, it takes time to to get good at them. I understand that. I understand that it, that there is a learning curve to sports games. Uh, I understand that through the through the lens mostly of Madden because that's the one that I have the most experience with. Madden, you you put time in, you put time in to get good at Madden, but any lay person can pick up a controller and play Madden. That's the difference, right? That's the difference. If you want to take your racing online, you should probably put in time to get really good at the game. Right, you understand the physics of it and how the bike reacts, and 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 you know learn the tracks, which is a huge important part of of both this and real racing. Um, but what about you know 
the dad who took his 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 ten, call it a ten year old son, to his first race, and the kid's like, "Wow, this is so cool! I want to play this." And the dad's like, "Yeah, you know what? Here, here's the new the new Supercross game that just came out." And the kid picks it up, and an hour into it, he throws his controller down. This is stupid, because even on the easiest setting, he can't beat anybody because it's so not intuitive to just pick up and play. Um, you're not making a new fan out of that 10 year old. You are frustrating that 10 year old who's going to go play Fortnite. Right. That's it. He's going to put that game down and he's going to go play Fortnite instead. Whereas if you made the gameplay accessible and keep the curve, but keep the curve at a different spot in the game, or at least make it initially accessible and, or more importantly, fun to get better at. Madden was fun to get better at. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was tough, but you had fun while you were learning to get better at it. This game was not fun to get better at because it was just a constant series of crashes and losing. Um, so as that kid picks it up and gets better at it, and then imagine he puts himself in his name and he puts him in a career mode and he's like, oh, look, I got an offer. Oh, look, I got a better offer. And then he's like, oh, I got to train, you know, in-game training um, where you're going through your your laps and you get to put your points in what we talked about, agility, speed, acceleration, starts, all this other stuff. Um that kid becomes so immersed that he'd make his his character through an entire career and his dad's like wow he is really 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 into this his dad buys him a dirt bike that and now you have a fan for life right right like that's that's all it takes is just capture them and you're not you're chasing them away right well well new fans you're chasing new and casual fans away the point for me is that these video games are most important for the new and casual fans you want to make a game directed strictly at the current uh, hardcore fan base that already are probably liking this game and hating my review of it. <laughs> um, fine. I'm not saying those games shouldn't exist, but if they're going to exist, they have to exist alongside the ones geared towards capturing new and casual fans. Right. Or putting like a simulator inside of the game that appeals to casual fans. Something. I, I Honestly, at this point, I'm probably just going to go back to MX versus ATV. Yeah. They're more fun games. So uh, that's that's... From, from a video game player perspective, I'm going to take a little bit of a different perspective and um, apply it to marketing and business and, and what a video game is actually supposed to do for an organization. They are completely bass-ackwards on this one. Um, the It's very, very clear that the only thing that they care about as far as this video game goes is the... How how much was it? It was like sixty nine dollars or something like that. Yeah, they're sixty bucks. They're it was 60 it was bucks. six sixty bucks. That's really all they care. They care about making a video game for the least amount of. What's the name of the company that makes this? Milestone. Milestone. If you go to the Milestone video game design website, it is very clear that this is a budget company that <laughs> makes this this video game for Supercross. Very clear, just by looking at their website. The only thing that is taken into account when making this video game is how cheaply can we make it so that we're making the max amount of profits off of that $60 that each person is spending. That's the the only thing that they're taking into account. Right, and, and their marketing is just the name. Right. It's, it, the, it's the name Supercross, so it, their marketing is only geared towards people who are already fans that are going to buy it anyway. And it's so short-sighted. And it's just by looking at the way that the, that this marketing model has grown other sports. I, I don't even know where their heads are, are at with this. Like, like they, it's 
it, it could be such a, an important marketing tool for them releasing it before the season so that the kids, those passive fans, get involved in the sport and start learning the names and start and and start getting used to the tracks um and they start anticipating the season itself that's what other sports do not to sell the video game but to get those people invested in the season that is upcoming and then they then have fans that watch the sport and ratings go up which means advertising dollars go up which means the sport makes more money which means you can further market it it's just and it becomes this cyclical thing and kids these other sports and kids have friends and they're i will say it over and over and over again madden made football fans out of non-football fans the world over and it's because the kids had a video game to play with their friends and their friend, whether they were a football fan or not, came in, picked up a controller, and played fo- and played this football game with them. And then all of a sudden, you have the the biggest sport in the country. You know, um, I remember playing Jeremy, Jeremy McGrath's Supercross 2000. I would rather go back and play that than play this new game. Was it realistic? No, no, not by any stretch. But it was fun. Right. It was fun. It was casual. It was arcadey. And it just made me feel like I was out there just ripping because I didn't have to actually think about how good I was at riding. It's a video game. If I want to think about how good I am at riding, I'm going to go ride and get better at actually riding. Um, this allowed me to just sit back, kick back, put a controller in my hands and just race around, a, rip around a track through a quick season. Yeah, there was no real like good career modes or anything like that back then, but at least the game was fun to play. Right. So that's your first step. Make a game that's fun. And if you want to increase the learning curve later, fine. Um, they just the marketing side has absolutely failed, but the design side has failed because of the marketing side. Right, it's <laughs> the know? short-sightedness. It's the short-sightedness. Of who are they making the game for? Who's their target audience? The release schedule and the budget. Right. I, the only reason I can think that they completely cut down on what's in the career mode, what was already not a very in-depth career mode to begin with, is because they, they blew all of their budget making a new rebuilding the physics engine, right. which only the hardcore fans cared about in the first place. Right. So that's initial, the ten thousand foot view yeah. of initial of the review. Game. What's your grade? Uh D. D? D. And and the only reason I can't give it a failing grade yet is because I haven't put enough time into it to see if I might actually learn uh, to enjoy it. Uh, initial. Initial. So we'll do we'll do an initial and then we'll do an in-depth grade. All right, then it gets an F because there was nothing good about it. There was nothing engaging to me in the first in my first uh we'll call it as you know several hours of gameplay there was nothing that made me go i want to come back and play this again so in that case when a game does that when a date game fails to engage you for more than a few hours at a time it fails so this game initially has failed okay all right so that is the review for the mesx3 no 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 oh, sorry MES, mesx the video game three there you go got you so uh yeah so next week we're gonna go more in depth in this. Yeah, I'm gonna. Go, so what I'll do is next podcast, I'll I'll 
I will force myself to spend a little bit more time playing the game, right? Get to learn it a little bit better. Maybe I change my mind about the physics. I doubt it because the, my problem with the physics isn't that they're um, too hard. It's that they're too hard for somebody to just pick up and play and have fun with. So yes, I might get better at the game and have more fun with the racing itself, but that's counterintuitive to what we're trying to accomplish with this with this whole thing in the, in the first place. But I'm going to spend more time with the game. I'm going to go through a few different modes. I'll actually jump on and start trying to play the multiplayer. Uh, and uh, we'll actually get into a little bit more of an in-depth um, review of like each of the game modes and a further detailed review of the physics themselves for those of you who actually care about you know the physics themselves well we are, i am going to spend some time talking about how it feels how realistic is it i can tell you now the turning is better but the you know jumping is a little bit floaty still um <clears throat> so the rework was fine but not quite enough so um we're gonna get into all that i will spend more time playing it but just not not really impressed yeah. initially and i think that's literally all we have to talk about this sport at this point <laughs> <laughs> the fact that one we we had to push like we had to include both the head the one headline that existed and a first half of a video game review in this episode and then extend the video game review to the next episode tells you just how difficult this is for this sport right now yeah i mean fans have got to be fans are stir crazy and the reason i can say that is because i'm in a bunch of different motocross and supercross groups and i can see just the frenzy of everybody sitting in their living rooms with their helmets on cuddling with their dirt bikes and (laughs) and you know ah this would be a perfect time for a really good video game like an immersive fun casual game that just like people either you and your daughter or somebody in in their kids or just the kids can just sit around you're trying to they're immersed they're they're having fun they're like oh look i just won the championship in my second season ah, this ah, yeah look at my characters getting better look at the stats that i'm putting the stats in here there and there like ufc did that great right like you right. built your character you fought tougher opponents but you had they to train ne- in between each fight they need to partner with with somebody else they need to they need to get rid of this developer milestone needs to go away um i understand that milestone makes racing games i don't care i'm not concerned about a racing game i'm concerned about a a sports game yeah so bringing in somebody make partnering with ea or who who made the ufc games uh, so there's a well, EA has them now, but the the ones that I really enjoy were the THQ games. I don't THQ THQ, but even look EA still like the, right. the EA UFC games have the same idea. You start with a fighter who's got low stats. You train in between each fight. You build up your fighter, and the, as the fighters get tougher, so do your stats, so you can fight tougher opponents. How immersive to, is that? I've got to imagine that something like this, a video game like this, even EA probably stands to to gain well, from EA making had something this license like this. for a while the jeremy mcgrath supercross games back in 2000 were ea games back in, yeah back in 2000 that's that's a th- there's a lot of different video game stuff now than there was back in 2000 what i'm saying is that they clearly weren't interested in renewing that license at a certain point yeah um i just think that there's there's more to gain from a video game now than there was back in 2000 i agree so back in 2000, yeah, you had Madden 2000, which was year, I think that was year one of franchise mode in uh, in Madden. I think so. Um, but I just, I don't know. I gotta, 
I'm going to go find some some EA executive email and be like, hey, why don't you want to take this on? And I guarantee it probably has something to do with, with Supercross executives. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it's going to be the popularity of the sport, too. EA stopped doing fight night games and boxing. And started doing UFC games right. because UFC is just now at this point more popular than boxing. Supercross is infinitely more popular now than it was in the year 2000. Yes. I think you need to convince EA of that. Okay. You know, that's just my point. Like, I, we know it is. Right. Um, does EA realize that? Right. So. Maybe my email will spark that. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> get on it. Let's make it happen. Um, I'm wondering how much I'm going to get eviscerated because I know, like, here's the problem. Like, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are these hardcore fans. And I was reading some of the other people's reviews and comments on this game. And a lot of people do like this game. They think it's, like, one of the best ones so far. And here I am just trashing it, saying right. it's terrible. <laughs> but I stand by my review. The reasons I'm trashing it are all valid reasons. The cream mode is terrible. And while the physics do feel better, it is not immersive or intuitive in any way. So Yeah, if you yeah, think Tear Steve... me apart if you want, but I'm standing by it. Yeah, if you're going to tear them apart, go to the website. Make yourself a free Jug Club uh um, repeat free jug club membership a free jug club membership go to the juggies tab go to talk mx and uh throw throw your um all your, your rotten tomatoes <laughs> throw your digital rotten tomatoes at steve i'm ready i'm ready my body is ready let's do this um i think that's all we got right that's... yeah i think that's about it man oh, all right uh see you in two weeks then bud yeah. Guys, thanks as always for listening. We know it's a trying time for everybody, but we're hoping that we can at least provide some entertaining enough content for you to keep busy for a short period of time during all this craziness. So um, we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Peace. Later.